0: Hey, brada, hear me now, brada, dog, <laughs> know me, understand.
1: Welcome to the Sargassum Podcast. I'm Robbie Thigbin.
2: I'm Francisca Elmer. And I am Mar Fernandez. And we are your hosts for today. And we are going to share with you the latest ideas and concepts about sargassum and sargassum beaching events which have become an international challenge.
1: I've been visiting my co-host Ram here for a while, I've been doing a lot of research down here in Quintana uh, Roo for my project, you know, uh, great biocultural educational materials in, in the lingua maya, and I decided to come over here and hang out at the beach for a little bit and see some nasty sargassum and stuff like that, and we've just been having a real good time these last few days.
3: Yes, but we are not here to talk about your little vacation or work trip. We're here to talk about us wanting your feedback for yeah. our
1: podcast. It yeah, we great. There's a little survey. We want you to fill out in the you know, clip description below and all this here stuff. But fill feel, feel that out. We want to know what you think. We, we started this. We didn't know what we were doing. You know, we, None of us ever made a podcast before. We're all on different continents and everything. And we think we have been doing an okay job, but we think we can do better. We have some ideas about how we need to change things in the future, but we want to hear what you think, too.
3: So make sure you fill out the survey. You make us a huge favor in doing so. We really value your feedback. And please fill it out by the end of July.
1: Thank you much. We'll see you next week. Hello, all you Sargassum fans. Uh, really glad to be back after a little hiatus and, and all that. And We're back here today with uh, Mar and Francisco. of course. She's having a little bit of trouble with her camera, so we're not getting to see her face talking. We just see this nice... Um, submarine picture of hers, but um, we got a really special guest today, and, and I know I say that about all our guests because they are, and I, I enjoy speaking to every one of them, but this is a little bit different because today we're talking about stuff besides sargass. We're going to be talking about rum, uh, which is certainly one of my favorite subjects and one of the things we all think about when we think about the Greater Caribbean Basin, but uh, she's Dr. LeGina uh, Henry. And she's an MIT graduate mechanical engineer, and she's a, now a lecturer for renewable energy at the University of the West Indies at Cave Hill. And she specializes in renewable energy and me- pl- applied mechanics. And she's researching sustainable energy sources in the Caribbean, such as BIOS fuel bay from sargassum and spent sugarcane stuff from uh, rum distilleries. And uh, uh, one of the main places she worked with is uh, the West Indies Rum Distillery. And, uh, and she's doing a lot of really cool stuff here and, you know, and, and trying to, to make a better life for all of us. And so we're going to talk to her today. Legina, welcome. Well,
2: thank thank you. you. Good to be here. Thank you. Welcome, Legina. And hi, everyone. Uh, we're finally back, and I'm happy to be back and talking about such an exciting topic, sargassum and rum. So two of my favorite things uh, in this world. So, Legina, we always ask the same question to all our guests when we start our interviews, and that is, what is sargassum for you?
4: Right. So, for me, sargassum is a biofuel feedstock that we could drive our cars with. Barbados is on a track to being 100% fossil fuel free by 2030. Um, So, we've been transitioning. Some people have gotten electric cars. But I knew for a fact that the, the whole fleet, which is about 150,000 cars registered in Barbados, can't all be electric cars for a lot of reasons. And so Sargassum gives us a biofuel feedstock that we can drive biogas cars in Barbados. Wow, that's so Is that cool. what you were asking? Did, did I answer your question? <laughs> yes
1: you did <laughs> you answered a question thank you
3: <laughs> yeah there's no right and wrong answers no, you, on this it podcast it sounds like
1: your your answer is that sargassum is a means to an end to you and that's uh yeah a really great answer.
4: yes it is I, I well one more thing i'll say since y- y- uh one more thing i'll say is i guess you must know that for a lot of these tourism-based economies in the caribbean sargassum is a a crisis and it it is stopping tourism on the beaches so sargassum offers this kind of double um a a bifold benefit to us because first we we will have no sargassum seaweed on the beaches anymore if we used it to fuel one hundred and thirty six thousand registered cars in, in this country. Um, so it solves two problems. It solves a problem in the energy and transport industry, but also in the tourism industry.
1: Let me let me, let me me ask you a question real quick before we get back to the, some of the other stuff. What is the uh, primary energy source for, where do you get electricity from down the island? Is
4: right now, n- the number one source is, is fossil fuels, um, heavy oil and diesel. And the, the goal of the country is that in the year 2030, it will no longer be heavy oil and diesel. You-
0: um, and
4: so we're going from primarily liquid fuels. And so yes, I love solar power and yes, I love wind power because I teach renewable energy. But to me, a country that's primarily driven on liquid fuels now should probably think to transition primarily to a green liquid fuel because of who's here and the expertise that's here and the infrastructure that's here already. Um, so yes, we, we've done some transitions to solar energy, but in my heart, I think we should move to um, widespread biofuel use. And I think Sargassum provides the needed feedstock for that.
1: Do, do you think that um, you'd be able to supplant some of these these heavy, these dirty, dirty fuels that are you're using to generate electricity at the moment.
4: Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and so the country has a, a national energy policy that has this um, transition kind of, the rollout out of the transition kind of spelt out in details. And I think the details will have to change. Um, and I think the way, they will, the details will change, is that we'll move to um, more biofuel in that mix, the eventual mix. So the, I, I, my lab would producing results to show the, the efficacy of sargassum in the biofuel process. So
1: yeah. Nice, thank you.
4: That's super cool. And
3: you're actually the first person we have on the podcast who is from Barbados. And I know Barbados gets um, a lot of okay. sarcasm um, on its shore. So do you, can you tell us mm-hmm. a bit how it affects Barbados? Like which areas are affected and um, which, which type of people are
4: affected as well? Yeah, sure. So this country, like I said, I, I think in our little chat before um, we started recording, I said there's twice, Every year, there's twice the number of tourists in Barbados as there are nationals. So, this country, it really is heavily driven. Um, the economy is heavily driven by tourism, um, much more so than anywhere I've ever lived. And so, everything in the country depends on the number of tourists coming through this country. And so, having sargassum be unpredict- is unpredictable on the beach what, what day you go and if you see sargassum or not and that has affected tourism. Every day a lot of money is spent by the government of the country to remove sargassum from beaches um, and put it in landfills. Uh, the, the sargassum in the landfills Poses threats to the groundwater in Barbados, and Barbados is water scarce. Um, The sargassum, the process of clearing up the the sargassum seaweed from the beaches could be harmful, and it's been shown in literature, um, not specific to Barbados as yet, but it's been shown in literature from other islands in the Caribbean that actually the um, sulfate, the hydrogen sulfate gas that comes off the sargassum is to the detriment of human health. People end up in the emergency room if they inhale too much of it. Um, That's the the degrading um, sargassum on the beach. So it's a health threat, it's an economic threat, it's a groundwater threat. So basically I would say this whole country is threatened by sargassum. Every time the prime minister's listing national crises and national level challenges, in the past two years, she talks about COVID and she talks about sargassum. She always says it, um, so it's seen as a threat to the country.
1: Interesting. Um, you know, you, you're using um, anaerobic digestion to on the sargassum and yeah. all that, and um, I, and I guess the 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 rum byproducts contain a lot of sugar still. Um, does that does that catalyze the uh, the process or, or how does it, how does all that affect this, the anaerobic process and, and just so what we, is the anaerobic we've
4: process? Given a few, yeah, and so I'll say we've given a few talks and a couple of times I've had other scientists from other parts of the world, particularly British scientists working with, with um, the other Caribbean locations for their samples. And they've said they haven't had the kind of success we've had in terms of how much biogas we got out of it. But we never digest, I mean, we did a couple of tests where we did um, produce the methane gas from just sargassum, so, but usually we co-digest it with rum distillery waste, which is high in chemical oxygen demand, and also um, other some bacteria source. So for the past few experiments we've done, we used fish offals from the fish markets and our local um, grass, but going forward, we're going to use um, beef manure and, and as a source of bacteria. And so yeah, we, so we have a source of bacteria, we use the uh, instead of, because uh, anaerobic digestion requires a lot of water, but Barbados is water scarce. So we've used the rum distillery wastewater, which just goes out into the ocean or goes into big, um, it goes to the ocean or it goes into big troughs where it's evaporated. That's what happens to this wastewater. For every bottle of rum, you have 100 times, well, 95 times that volume of wastewater is discarded. So um, the rum is just 5% of what goes in to to be um, distilled out. So it it takes
1: 100 gallons of liquid to make one gallon of rum.
4: Yeah. And so West Indies Rum Distillery, for example, discard something like uh, 300,000 liters of water every production day. And they produce rum about 300 days a year. Um, And then if you look to the bigger islands like Trinidad, that's just one quarter of what the largest distillery in Trinidad um, discards every day. So um, throughout the Caribbean, this rum distillery wastewater is a a, a waste product that could be used to produce energy um, alongside the sargassum because all the islands um, struggle with with sargassum inundation for the past 10 years.
2: Are you talking about fresh water? Is this fresh water that is discarded in this process? So, very valuable fresh water?
4: Yeah. Um, so, West Indies Rum Distillery, they're actually on an, a natural aquifer. So, on their property, they have access to, to massive amounts of groundwater. But this island is water scarce. And so, Western these Rum Distillery is happy to find a use for this wastewater. Um, they're very happy to work with us. And in fact, all the distilleries we approached, were happy that um, scientists would come in and say, we, we have a solution that involves your waste product. Um, because of the pressures, local pressures, and, and I guess international pressures to, to not waste. And the whole international move towards circular economies and waste nothing
2: yeah. kinda, um, as a, as a rum consumer, I would feel very bad if uh, most of the waste product of making rum would just be discarded and not used. So I'm happy to hear that there are ways of, of using it. Um, so that comes to my next question. So you have tested different types of uh, rum distillery waste and uh, yes, which, ones yes. are, which ones work the best uh, with, together with yes. the? Supplement?
4: Right, so good, good question. So the, how much chemical oxygen demand is in the rum depends on what the uh, industrial process is. So for example, Mount Gay Rum Distillery produces a large, I mean, West Indies is the biggest producer in Barbados but the second largest is Mount Gay. And they have their high volume product and then they have a the premium product. And we found that the wastewater from their premium product, which just goes through the process once, gave us more methane output than the um, wastewater from their high volume product, which is like the lower cost, but high volume. Um, Those ones, because they actually can cycle their wastewater a few times. We found the first time we ran tests with Mount Gay um, Rum distillery wastewater, we got less methane out because it had less chemical oxygen demand because that water had been through the process a few times which is um west Gay. i guess that was their solution to waste and less that they, they they cycle um in waste water but um yes very much so it depends on the product what is the rum that's being produced which factory so western these rum distillery actually don't cycle their products at all so it just goes through once and then it goes into the ocean and so that water was um it most prolific in producing methane um in our first set of experiments so, yeah that's interesting so now
3: we have to all drink the premium rum to make sure that you have enough um good wastewater for for <laughs> your um we,
1: we, we energy we will We will suffer ourselves somehow.
3: Um, So, Legina, what type of ratio do you need between the sargassum and the rum distillery waste? Like, how much of that water do you need per amount of sargassum?
4: Yeah, so, and it's similar to the, the ratios I was just talking about. So in uh, an anaerobic digester, 95% of the volume is filled with water. Um, so the wastewater, and only 5% is the, um, you have the solid um, feedstock. So it's so our bacteria source and the sargassum. So in the actual digester, it's more water than solids.
1: Nice. I've got a kind of an extra question for you because when I came into this day, I, I had a completely different impression. I've just learned some stuff from you. Thank you so much for being a good teacher. And all and because I was imagining that when you were waste, I wouldn't realize that you're talking about waste water. And all. I just said waste in the in my um, information. And I was thinking that you were using the um, the spent cane after it had been crushed and right. whatnot. With yeah that. Are, are, you, are you using that as well? is that a part of the process? Are you,
4: so are, so when well when you I, I don't know how many of you've been to Barbados but when you drive through Barbados mostly what you see in the end the inner part obviously drive along the coast and all you do is you're mesmerized by the beautiful blue ocean. but when you drive through the center of Barbados what you see is keen fields mostly. Well, in my experience, I've seen most of the land um, has the the terrain is cane fields. And the history is that sugar cane was the economy and it was sugar cane powered by windmills and um, cane uh, venice. For the past seven decades though, the cane industry has been um, on the decline. And in fact, I happened upon the Sargassum project I started off looking at cane because I said, we don't, we can't have 150,000 electric vehicles on this island. We could probably, have 20% of that be electric. Everything else will be biofuel. What is the feedstock? And we started that summer 2019 looking at sugarcane. But in reading and in going around to the people, the, the people on the ground, the experts, the cane experts, we realize the volumes on sugarcane are way smaller than we thought in, in the economy and was produced. And so sugarcane is only the decline in Barbados. Um, the, the rum that's produced in Barbados is primarily from imported molasses. It's not from local molasses. The premium rums uh, use local products, but not exclusively. And certainly the high volume rums made from molasses that's brought into Barbados but using um, Barbados, the Barbados process in producing rum and that was responsible for the taste. Um, but yeah, we, we learned that um, yeah, everywhere seems to have cane fields but that doesn't mean cane is the, the most promising feedstock and so we moved away from cane and, and uh, move towards um, this
1: sargassum seaweed. Well, I hope that all the uh, rum producers in Barbados hear this message. We're on to you. Buy local. Quit importing stuff. Use what you got there, because it takes a lot of energy to bring that stuff there, and you got it right in your backyard. And yeah. from from what you say, it make the local one makes the best anyhow, right? And all uh, right. so uh Right,
2: using yeah, so well, we the local no ones.
1: For the yeah, so, high quality product. Yeah. So, so, so,
2: but, so. Legina, would it would it be possible to make rum out of seaweed, out of sargassum? Not really. Right?
4: Um, maybe. So I I I'm a mechanical engineer. So I actually learned a lot about chemical engineering in this whole process of this experiment. But I'm a mechanical engineer. But I'll say this. On the first day we walked into the West Indies Rum Distillery, uh, Monkey Rum Distillery, it was so funny because neither me nor my students knew anything about rum. And so it was so it was funny. We just felt like these innocent little people in this big rum um, distillery. And, and, and they had to smell things and sample things. And it was just like, we, we didn't know uh, left from right in there. So I actually on a discovery process, learning about rum, um, because I didn't, I didn't really know a lot about rum. Uh, but I'll say this, uh, we have scientists at the university looking at questions like that. Um, the, the biologist who helped me to start off this project is Dr. Nikolai Holder at UE Cave Health. And so he's a chem he's a biochemist and Nikolai makes whiskey and all kind of cool stuff um so he would definitely be happy to answer your questions about the possibility of making rum (laughs) from sargassum seaweed but um I'll defer to somebody like Nikolai to answer that
2: question I'll definitely keep that one on my list of questions to ask Um, Now I wanted to ask, so even, so if you would upscale this process of creating uh, biofuels with sargassum on Barbados, how much sargassum could you actually use? Like, could it be, I don't know, a ton per year or would it be only a very small proportion of what comes to the beaches? How much could you actually process?
4: We would need all, we did the numbers. We would need all the sargassum in the exclusive economic zone of Barbados to power all the driving that happens in this country. And we did, a, we took a great pains and a lot of care to calculate the total energy that's used by the um, driving force every day to get to school and work and back home. And from our numbers, we would need all the, the, um, the sargassum in our exclusive economic zone. We would also need all the rum distillery waste in Barbados and go to um, a couple other industries. Um, we would need something like 70% of the total wastewater being produced in Barbados. Um, so out of all the different industries like the bear industry, um, uh, municipal waste, et cetera. But we would want to, to, to redirect most of the wastewater towards transportation in the country. Okay. If we wanted to power the whole um,
2: mm.
4: transportation
2: yep. sector. And um, yep. Sorry, actually, you don't need to clean the sargassum. You don't need to um, get rid of the salt before you put it into this process, right? Or you do?
4: Well, we tested all kinds. So we, t- we did different pre-treatments. We did no pretreatment. We did pretreatment with fresh water, pretreatment with salt water, and so are the different rates. Um, so, everything is all about economics. So, we have to think about the economy of fresh water, the economy of we have free access to salt water, um, the, and the economies of the difference in the output the freshwater pretreated sargassum produced more methane than the saltwater produced sargassum. So everything is an economic calculation of, yes, you can get it out of the saltwater treated
1: sargassum. What What do the uh, people there think about your project?
4: Well, every time we present this project, people love the idea. They love a solution coming out of the local university. And I always feature the students Um, It was five students I was working with in the first summer when we started looking at this question. And Bajans are happy to see their little young Bajans coming up, thinking and solving problems for the country. So they love that. Um, People love the idea of getting rid of the sargassum because nobody likes it. Um, And I think people also like the idea of driving around cars powered by sargassum. And, and rum distillery waste. They just so it, the reception is very positive every time we present, and for many reasons, which is nice. is always encouraging.
1: Nice. How how small is is it the facility you're working in there? I mean, how what what how many gallons or liters or or how big are these um, anaerobic chambers that you're using?
4: All right. So, and I'll bring back in Nikolai here. Nikolai Holder um, finished his PhD a year ago. Um, He's Dr. Holder now, but his PhD innovation was micro digesters. And so normally for these tabletop um, biofuel experiments, you probably have like a liter and a half and you run these 30 day tests. But Nikolai came up with a way to do these tests in these tiny little salt shaker sized bottles and get accurate results. So he called them micro digesters. And so we were running hundreds of tests on a lab bench um, at the same time. And so we could get all these different comparative results in a short period, low impact. Um, Now this summer, we're moving up to 5,000 liters. So we are actually using systems we imported from home biogas in Israel and running experiments on that and and then compressing it with some kind of high grade compressor. I actually won a grant, a 100,000 US dollar grant when I presented this project at a UN, the, the, the 74th UN General Assembly, they had these side meetings and I presented at the UN SDSN meeting and Blue Chip Foundation was there. And they said we'd be happy to give a donation to this project. And so we got that grant. And so I've been using the grant to buy materials and and continue the experiment and and, and scale up. So we hope to be driving a car on the Sargassum biomethane by the end of the year. And then we're in the middle of writing up a business plan to. Commercialize the solution as we as we figuring out the numbers experimentally.
1: So, so when you you scale this up, you're going to be using huge containers, and to do this, correct?
4: Yeah, yeah. And so we've been one of the things I did last semester was calculate the size of the digester we'll need to power the um, transportation sector. How much land we'll need? Where will all of this um, feedstock and everything come from? Which is why I, I answered. The previous question that we actually do need all the sargassum that we have in our exclusive economic zone.
1: Now, um, there's you know, when you digest this biomass, there's waste left over, yes. 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 What do you do with the waste?
4: Yeah. So the the um, the, the spirit is sustainability and waste nothing. And they the big byproduct is like a slurry sludge, it's like a, a, a sludge that's rich in um, fertilizers for plants. So, the, the major solid waste that comes out of this process will be diverted to agriculture. Um, nice. We, yeah, but, but again, I'll say we've only gotten our results in micro digesters so far. This summer, we're scaling up to 5,000 liters. So we'll have a a better sense of the byproducts because right now it's in the lab and that stuff just gets discarded in the lab and then we discard things in our bio lab. Right now there's not um, even
1: enough for a potted plant, I would think.
4: Yeah, no, it's not.
1: (laughs) Um, Let let me ask one more question and and then maybe we'll wrap it up unless somebody else has got something. Um, Have you tested these waste products for um, contaminants, heavy metals for example?
4: Yes, and people ask that question all the time, and so and I'll say this: science is iterative, and science is 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 it is a journey of discovery. Every question you answer opens up a hundred other questions. Oh,
1: I got seventy five more, but I'm gonna stop with this
4: one. Yeah, yeah, and so I, our hope is in the five thousand liter experiment to thoroughly understand all the byproducts because we want the solution to be sustainable. If we think the solution puts much more heavy metals in a concentrated way, in an unsustainable way, in the environment of Barbados, is uh, introducing a new problem to solve, then we will have to iterate our approach. And so we, we, we hold into the principle of sustainability and Yes, one of the questions is there's heavy metals that people have found in other parts of the ocean. Uh, So far, we haven't seen that impact us. Their heavy metals actually stop them from getting methane out of the the, the sargassum. We haven't had that problem. So we need to understand this summer, what is the content, the heavy metal content of the sargassum we have been using.
1: Well, we'll, uh, we'd like to hear about that after you find out know It was, was sure.
2: very interesting. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah and Legina, um, so now that you've, um, you've gone through the whole process of uh, trying to figure out how this is going to work with the biofuel and the methane made of sargassum and the distilled water and so on, and you're at the same time a professor in renewable energy, so do you think that from all the options available, this biofuel is the best option for Barbados right now?
4: I think so. And mainly because of what I said earlier, which is that the country for for all the history, well, since they upgraded from these windmills around Barbados, when you visit, you'll see all these ancient looking windmills. But since the industrial revolution, they've used oil. And so if you if you have all this technology in a country, including a national, nationwide um, natural gas grid. Um, where gas goes to houses and restaurants. I am saying don't abandon all this technology, upgrade the technology and use a comparable fuel. Um, so I wouldn't support a 100% solar powered Barbados. I would say because of whose hand, who's been trained, because of all the practices and all of the solutions that have been entrenched in Barbados for decades. Um, we we should probably primarily move to another earth-friendly liquid fuel. Um, and so I am pro-biofuel. Of course, I told you before we started the recording that wave energy was one of the things I studied in my PhD work. And I'm all for looking at other oceanic sources of renewable energy. But I think the primary source of energy should be biofuel.
3: Yeah, by, by using sargassum and the wastewater, you're also actually solving other problems that the island has, like you're getting rid of wastewater going towards your coral reefs yeah. and you're getting rid of the sargassum on your beaches. Um, one question I have is, is what, um, what state does the sargassum have to be in to use? Like, Do you need fresh sargassum or can you use any type of um, sargassum for it?
4: Right, so so far in our tests, we've um, dried the sargassum and gotten it to almost like a powder form before we put it into the micro digesters. And so we're gonna be doing a similar thing in the big uh, bigger digesters, the, the larger anaerobic digesters. But um, we've seen in feedback when we've given these presentations, people say, that when they dried the sargassum and shipped it from, for example, the South Caicos Islands to the UK, the results were different. So again, uh, so we haven't had to do that. And so we haven't had to treat and dry the sargassum and wait very long before we put it in the digester. We've usually, my students go out to the ocean, pick up sargassum, get to the lab, get the stuff into the crucibles, and then into the microdigestion. So we, we use fresh sargassum straight out of the ocean. And I think in the foreseeable future, we wouldn't need to change that. And we will move all our logistics around, just getting the fresh sargassum straight into the um, ovens and to be dried and then processed.
1: Very nice. Well, that wraps it up, I guess. Well, that's been a really, a really different kind of meeting we had today. Different kind of podcast, and it was very fun and informative and all. And I think moving forward, we're going to call ourselves the Rum F- uh, Podcast instead of the Sargassum Podcast. I think that'll be kind of appropriate for the future. But, uh Regina, thank you so much for being here today, and all. I, I hope we get to talk to you again when you get some more results from your your research, because this is really great stuff, and I think it's. You know, it, it's something that all the other island nations can use, too. Not just there, but we've talked to people with having sargassic problems in, in East Africa, and in the Indian Ocean, and they could use this kind of stuff. So thank you so much for your research yeah. and your work and uh, look forward to uh, talking to you again real soon.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Thanks
1: okay, a lot. Take- you.
3: Yeah. Thank you so much. No take problem.
1: Care. Bye-bye.
4: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: So what'd y'all think?
2: It was great. Um, it was actually super interesting. I was expecting that she was gonna make sa- uh, rum out of sargassum, but she's doing <laughs> something that is even better because to be honest, I don't know if I would like rum with a taste of seaweed, but she's doing something even better, which is making the production of rum more sustainable by using the wastewater that comes out of the process. I didn't even know that. So yeah. this-
1: well, she's, she's dealing with like 40 things. you know, that she's, she's taken care of in this. I mean, she is dealing with a big, big picture thing. She's not just doing what we thought she was doing. She's doing so much more and it's just amazing.
3: Yeah. I think this is my new favorite sargassum solution because she even has a plan for scaling up. She's like, okay, if we're going to use this for our, our cars, then we can use all of the sargassum that comes to our island, and also a lot of the wastewater, like all the wastewater from the rum distilleries, but also other wastewaters. And as a coral reef scientist, like wastewater getting into the ocean is what's killing our coral reefs. And it's really hard to get local communities to to realize that and also take measures against it because, you know, it's, it costs money. But if you can make fuel out of it, use it, to make biofuel that's that's just fantastic,
1: yeah. Cool, yeah. And the thing about it is, the little, little talk we were having beforehand if you find out there's a lot of bad stuff in this in the sludge later, um, maybe we can talk to her about my idea about using plants to mine those things out of there mm-hmm. and all, which is pretty ironic that we were discussing
2: that earlier it was really really nice that she's actually taking this circular economy and sustainable approach from the beginning she's already thinking okay how can i do this process in the best way possible to have as much positive effects as possible and not just like i'm gonna do it however i can and then i'll look back and see what i can modify to make it more sustainable but she's looking at it from the beginning and i think that's that's a great point of view
1: you know, any project, if you can take it and see the big, big picture from the beginning, it's, it's, it's going to be more effective in the end.
3: One of the things I really loved was um, those micro um, digesters she was talking about because she pretty much said, hey, here on the island, we made this thing that we have in our labs that other labs don't have, those fancy labs in Europe who are all trying to to figure out a way how to make methane they, ha- they have to use much more space in their labs to do this and cannot run as many experiments. But we have this extra special technology that we developed on the islands to do this. And it's just so rare that there's actually more like new facilities and novel techniques that are in these islands rather than in Europe, where there's a lot more money and often also um, people with brighter minds get attracted to those labs in europe than to the caribbean
1: yeah yeah it's really cool stuff and uh everyone we want want to thank the kimberly green latin american and caribbean center at uh, florida international university for uh um sponsoring this series of podcasts right now and we we thank them very much i don't think they understood that one day that they were going to be sponsoring the rum podcast instead of the sargassum podcast but that's okay um if you look down below you'll be able to like follow us and all that kind of stuff share people share 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 us with your friends and let let us hear from you from time to time because you might have an idea that we want to talk about and with that we just we thank you very much for being here again you could have been anywhere else but you chose to be here with us and and we're happy happy about that thanks thanks
2: for listening and drink a rum thinking about us (laughs) thank you
3: Thank you for tuning in today and learning with us from our guests. If you want more information about our guests talk about today, then please check our show notes for links and information in our archives. And don't forget to like and share our podcast with your friends.
2: If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider supporting us financially by becoming a Patreon. For as little as $1 per month, you can support us and get the exclusive benefit of being able to submit questions for our interviewees ahead of time.
4: The Sargasm Podcast is produced by Marine Conservation Without Borders and is made possible with financial support from the Kimberly Green Latin American and Caribbean Center's U.S. Department of Education Title VI grant.
3: It is produced by Marcel Van de Camp and our summer interns, Lauren Blakenship, Eloise Lopez, and Jenna Contusio. And hosted by Robbie Thigpen, Francisco Elmer, Mara Fernandez, Florence Menez, Cleo Meridakis, and Paula Diaz.
2: We will be back next week with another exciting guest. The music of this podcast is from the song "Dema Prey" by Drizzle Road Rana, an artist from Roatan. Follow him on Spotify or YouTube for more music. But for now, here is the full song, "Dema Prey."
0: Hey, brother, hear me now. brother. Dog. No me understand. Not for them, no one. see we get nothing, that's why they my free. No waste front and star. Not for them, no one. we get nothing, that's why they free. for them, They see we Not for them, for them, free. Yeah. Yeah, they my free me no gain progress, not for them I'm free They my free me to reap success, so me tell them ya My system and me no take that Only if come from jail, I'll accept that Not for them, I'm trusting and give me safe Yo So let that, me long pull up that Tell some look at a bad mind, me no fear them Anytime them cheat and chat, me no hear them Me dash a few hearts, so body queer them Me dash a few hearts, so queer them Me dash a few hearts, so I tell where them, not for them I'm free I'm yeah. yeah. a free, me In progress, not for them I'm free I'm yeah. a free, me success, so me tell him ya yeah. Yes, me know me have a lot of fake friends But me never woulda taught me woulda have fake family yeah. So me tell them straight, me no trust them Me no trust you, and me no trust him Big friend lost, my mind in a real life. Star me no rate that, star me no rate that. The real fami wonder, bust a million shot in a real life. Not for them a free. They a me no gain progress. Not for them a free. They my breed me no creep success. Not for them a breed, They a breed me no gain progress. Not for them a free. They would have tell them they go look alike, but they might hate and grudge and creep and mind. They might move like Judas, they might move like Judas. Plus, everybody hover. A- Life to live, so when they give one rash clap, do I try judge me? like them chit chat, so what them want to say? Cause none of them out here, nappy. fit. None of them are free. They ma free me no gain progress. None of them are free. They ma free me to reap success. None of them are free. They ma free me no gain.